2: From the glow of St. Paul's Number 1, welcome to another edition of Cabin Country. Give us the time and we'll take you out of the traffic and away from the levee. Let's find the place where the looms call out among the moonlit waves, where the wind sighs among the Norway pines. Pull up a dock chair, have a sip of your coffee, and get a line in the water. This is Cabin Country. Now here's Bjorn Lloydsted, and I'm Fudd Klugman, with another woodland escape.
0: Good afternoon, and look who's here. It looks like McGovern and Bud from
2: the Cabin Country podcast. Eh? <laughs> That's right. Good to see you, Paul. Good to see you too. And you're from St. Paul in Oakdale? That's right.
1: Yes, indeed, Paul. We are in fact in the Oakdale Studios, and thank you for welcoming us. My name is Bjorn Lloydstad, but I have been known to answer to Bjorn,
2: especially if he's a forty-foot-tall giant. That's uh, right. Maybe you're not going to argue.
1: Not if... going to argue. He can call me whatever he wants, <laughs> without a doubt. But what a what a treat to finally be able to bring you the Paul Bunyan Land episode. No more toying with it. We're we're going to bring you the episode where we got to tour Paul Bunyan Land, meet the new
2: owners. And they would tell us all about the wonders of their new acquisition. It's the family of uh, Dick Rodemacher, who's had a business up in the Brainerd area for many years. Passed
1: it for for decades.
2: And what what was it?
1: I like marine welding. Oh, okay. You know, did a lot of welding, but uh, also did marine kind of stuff. I just remember we'd cross the, the road and start heading towards Brainerd itself. Oh. I mean, it was when we passed Rodemacher after that kind of four way stop. Mm hmm. You know, I'm just. It was on the left. I'd say, ah, there's Rademacher Marine and welding, and we are almost almost to Brainerd. It's Within a minute, we'll be yeah. rounding that corner. So that's on the intersection
2: lake. of 25 and 18. Right, right. Okay. So the new Paul Bunyan land is, is located about, I don't know, six, seven miles to, uh, down 18. Sure. Dick Rademacher, he, he's been collecting things, old cars. Everything. <laughs> gas, everything you can imagine. And so, about 16 years ago, Paul Bunyan Land became the latest big collector's item right. for him and his family. We had the great opportunity to speak to Dick's daughter Lois, yes. and she explained how they acquired Paul Bunyan Land.
3: We, as a family, had the Pioneer Village for close to 40 years. It was just a small mom and pop little operation, they opened up on weekends. My dad collected antiques for years and years. Right now we have l- over 35 buildings. Oh my gosh. Fully decorated. Wow. So we had that. Um, adding the amusement park was kind of a no-brainer, actually. Yeah. And and because Paul was so iconic for the Brainerd area. We um, went in approaching to maybe purchase um, the log cabin there,
0: or Ooh, maybe the train, oh, oh. you know, to go
3: around our little pioneer village um never did we expect to buy the entire park but the past owners wanted to keep everything together Um, at one point we had heard that paul was going somewhere babe was going somewhere and we thought about it and actually went back in and offered to purchase the entire park um, and relocate it which was a huge huge challenge but um it's worked out. We're opening up our 16th year wow. here this year, yeah. So it, w- it was a big move. Um, it was a challenge. We kind of learned as we went, but um, yeah, it's been a good move. And now that we have something for everyone here.
2: One of the fun things was that uh, Lois divulged to Bjorn and I the secret to where Paul's voice comes from. Good
3: morning! And, and we're morning.
2: not going to tell you. Nope, but. <laughs> that will remain a secret. <laughs> and, uh, but. If you're, if you're uh, all clear, Lois, we're not going to blow it. So. She, she said with uh, amusement uh, how fun it is to watch people, mostly the adults, look around when you're up by the Paul Bunyan statue and the kids are talking to Paul and he's raising his hand.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Bunyan.
1: Oh, and he's actually answering questions. <laughs> answering
2: questions. And he can hear you. He can hear what you're saying. And right.
1: You're making so- comments that you think are just side comments to your, your yes. dad. My God, he's big. I-, I hope he can't get up. And Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I would never hurt you. It's
2: glad glad to have you here. Oh, my gosh. Let's he's sing a that.
1: song together. How did he hear me?
2: So the parents are That's trying weird. to figure out, all right, where is the man behind the curtain? Pay no attention to that Paul Bunyan voice behind the curtain. Perhaps there isn't
1: one. Perhaps Paul
2: is real. And I, I, it was—it was—it was, it was pretty fun. Like when, it was. once Lois, re, in fact, I think she almost regretted it a tiny bit that yeah. she let us know. She let it slip, but
3: your, it was like your oh secret. Oh my secret with us, Lois, gosh! Yes, we will we're not, we're not gonna, divulge
2: the secret. Um, it's fun. You can keep looking for yourself if you want. But uh, I remember being about a seven-year-old and
1: being taken by my mm-hmm. parents to Paul Bunyan line back when it was on the corner of the freeways. Right. And as Lois said, we we didn't want any more blacktop. It should be yeah. a you know, a nature kind of area, grass and, and paths and but no more blacktop. And I remember that's all I remember was blacktop and concrete mm-hmm. and, and the hum of traffic on the roadways. Right. Know? But I like the new spot a lot better. Yeah. But I remember that freaking me out as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. probably a little gun shy anyway, but here's this gigantic human sitting on his chair and I'm mumbling sides to my dad. And Paul's answering. <laughs> and that freaked me out even worse. I was like, oh my gosh, minute? you can hear me.
2: <laughs> yes. I,
1: I, I think I need to go see the uh, log cabin uh, or
2: the arcade or anything. <laughs> I, Let's go away from here. Yeah. I remember that Bjorn was pretty scared of me.
0: Oh, I was terrified. But Now you're older and braver. That's Would right. You like to come up here and have a picture by me? Oh, I think I better.
2: Yeah, I think you, I I think you I ought Bjorn. All right.
3: Get ready
2: for the biggest picture. Ah, ah, ah. Do you know how many uh, families have owned Paul Bunyan Amusement Park? Uh,
3: we are the second one. You're the second? One.
2: <laughs> yeah. So the Changing of the guard. Wow. Yeah. When did the first one start here?
3: Paul came into the Brainerd area in the early 50s. He was purchased from some businessmen in the Brainerd area from the Chicago State Fair. Okay. And they had him moved here and in their mind, they kind of knew where it was going. Um, I don't think they knew to what extent they were bringing in, you know, oh, okay. with, with the talking Paul. Yeah. Um, ours is the only one that talks. We're, oh. we're pretty proud of that because yeah. we have a little challenge every once in a while with Bemidji and sure. Hackensack and Akeley, you know, who's got the real Paul? Well, <laughs> ours will tell you he's the yep. real Paul. <laughs> well, he'll say <laughs> that's
1: right. I won't. I won't lie to you, Fudd. I was a little gun shy at first. I was like, "Oh, there's the big guy again,"
2: <laughs> and he seems to know what I'm thinking. But we even got the, uh, the the picture of Bjorn and myself on on one of each of Paul's boots. That's
1: right. So, wow, well, he invited point. us. We couldn't. Well, c- that's right. We couldn't turn the man down. Yeah, come well, on up here and sit on my boots. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, okay. We'll we'll do that, but. Uh, and but it, it was and it was an honor. It felt good. It was like, yeah. man, this is this is a piece of northern Minnesota history. To you know, include that in on the Cabin Country. He even called us out by name. Yes, Yorn and <laughs> Fudd from the Cabin Country podcast. Come on up here and sit on a boot. You better
2: believe it. Here we go. We're gonna do it. Yeah. And as I mentioned to Lois, I was so appreciative of how well they are not only keeping it up but continuing to think of just little touches here and there, and right. just make it. All the more fun. Like, you know, there's the little, I think it's a gas-powered engine train that you can get in with your kids. Right. And, and just make a little figure-eight loop around some of the grounds there. there and, sure. Uh, in fact, there's even a little spot where you'll see dinosaurs. You go back to an early age. But, uh, Rainer during the Jurassic. I noticed last year they put up these, like, telephone line poles. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, how cool is that?
3: Well, you know, you have repeat customers, so we always want to add something new. Um, It is a challenge to keep the nostalgic pieces running. Um, Luckily, my family is very mechanically inclined, so we are able to do that. Um, it's a passion. You have to live and breathe this. Um, I know we're only open three months out of the year to the public, but to us, it's a year-round job. I mean, yeah, as soon as we close down, we are refurbishing, rebuilding, reconstructing. You know, getting ready for something new. And we've got a few acres to expand, but right now we want to concentrate on what we got and maintaining that.
1: I'm just curious how how this got moved. You know, I suppose a series of big flatbed trucks. Um,
3: Yeah, actually when we purchased the park, we got possession of it uh, the day after Labor Day. Uh, That family finished out their summer season. What year Um, was that? 2003. Okay. Yep. And then we took possession of it at that point after Labor Day, and we literally moved all the rides, the buildings that were able to move in 31 days. Um, at that point, Coles purchased that land, and we had a time slot, so we were literally day and night. And where the park sits right now literally was a cornfield. So we came in, we plopped down the rides, we went back in. You know, deconstructed during the day, come back, and just continued that for 31 days. And Cole's bulldozers were literally right behind us when we pulled out. But one of the last things to move was Paul and Babe. Um, It took a lot of extra time to make Paul presentable to be moved, because he had to be disassembled and then put back together. And to many people, he's real, so we had to preserve that part of it. So actually, he laid down on a trailer. He came across on the trailer. Um, Babe was behind him, and we had a little parade go through town. Uh, We went past an elementary school, actually, where I worked at the time, and we had a plan that the whole school was cheering Paul and Babe as they went through town. And then when we got out here, there was a celebration, and it was a big deal, you know. And then from that point, October until May 15th, Um, We worked non-stop, constructing this building, putting it gift shop, concessions, entryway. Um, We made a new house for Paul. I mean, after 50 years, the guy deserved a log house. So we, yeah, (laughs) yeah, had some wonderful, talented people come in and help us. And yeah, we opened up that next May, 2004 Memorial Weekend.
2: It's fun to imagine Paul riding on a big flatbed truck on his back, waving and addressing the crowd along 371 through Brainerd.
3: Hi, everyone. I'm Paul. Runyon. Have a great day, everyone.
2: We're going to take a short sponsor break, and when we come back, Bjorn and I will take you on a wander through Paul Bunyanland and Pioneer Village. So don't go away.
1: I sure do love keeping up with the Cabin Country episodes on the Gas Station Podcast Network. And it's available at most of my favorite fuel stops, FUD.
2: Yeah, it's a wonderful thing to enjoy a brief woodland escape while tending your vehicle's necessities. But let me ask you, Bjorn, you ever find yourself spending so much time on the highways and byways that you haven't taken care of your own necessities? What are you driving at, FUD? Well, I don't think I'm overstepping my bounds when I say that hours on the road flying through the fields and forests sometimes leave all of us feeling just a bit irregular. Ah, yes. And the good news is that FiberStop fuel stations are still there for all of us. FiberStop? Yes, FiberStop, the fuel station that offers the many grades of fuel your vehicle might need, including all the various octane ratings, flex fuel, diesel, and even Rec. 90 gasoline for your recreational vehicles and boats. But the real kicker here, Bjorn, is that FiberStop also offers a full range of high-fiber snacks as well as gastrointestinal medications for the traveler that is feeling that road-weary Logie feeling. Stomach upset? Indigestion? Constipation or the opposite? No problem. FiberStop has you covered. And I understand that FiberStop has an amazing selection of high fiber muffins, scones, and bars in their bakery case. Baked fresh every morning, Bjorn. And they feature the Gas Station Podcast Network at the pumps as well, alongside the full range of fresh and ready Mitz coffee flavors at their coffee bar. Sounds too good to be true, Fudd. Oh, but it's true, Bjorn. FiberStop fiber Stop keeps, keeps you going. going.
1: back to Bjorn Lloydstead and Fudd Klugman
2: in Cabin Country. Well, so after visiting with Lois and uh, learning about how the family acquired Paul Bunyan Land, uh, Bjorn and I decided to walk the grounds a bit. There's this log cabin that has a miniature animated logging camp. I didn't have any money with me, so we made Bjorn pay. <laughs> uh,
1: so I dug deep into trouser pockets.
2: He dug deep down Indeed. and uh, traded a dollar bill and changed it into some quarters, and so we got sourdough Sam going.
3: Yow, yow. This was the magic word of the land of Paul Bunyan. Paul Baxman ate so many
0: flapjacks, sourdough Sam couldn't supply the demand.
2: What do you think of the sourdough? And you had seen that before, of course, as a kid.
1: It, it is something I, I had enjoyed as a younger man. And, and uh, you know, they had a little sign there saying the narration for the camp was done by a famous, uh, I think, a WCCO personality Oh, from back in the day, Cedric Adams. Cedric pretty, Adams. Pretty well-known
2: uh, voice. Yeah, and Sourdough Sam's was more. They've got the life-size mannequins in there. That's right. It's funny. I didn't notice until this time that Sourdough Sam had lost an arm and a leg from a uh, an explosion.
0: He lost an arm and a leg when a sourdough barrel blew up.
2: Something. Sourdough explosion. So there he is, standing over the stove. Sixties rock band, and yeah, and he's and he's got two. Well, apparently Sourdough Sam is as large as Paul Bunyan, right? I believe Wasn't so, yeah. Patient?
1: Sourdough was good size. Because
2: he had two miniature, well, regular-sized men uh, with lard strapped to their boots, and they were skating, s- skating around the iron skillet. Right. One guy's... Isn't pounding an anvil or something. I think
1: so. Somebody, the blacksmith, working hard on on the, on the anvil in the kitchen. Apparently, right. He kinda... was the only man who could
0: put shoes on Paul Bluock, whose name was Bates. They had to open a new iron mine every
2: time he made a pair of shoes for Bates. I was always a little afraid Sometimes, of Johnny Inkslinger, the snoring mannequin the in the, the lower face bunk face with his, throat> his throat> mouth open and chest rising and falling. Kind of creeped me out a little bit. Paul's men slept as hard as they
0: worked. Johnny Ainslinger, the camp's head clerk, is sleeping in the bunk. He invented bookkeeping about the same time that Paul invented logging.
1: Well, anybody who can sleep through blacksmithing is impressive. <laughs> that, that to me is that's incredible.
0: So you see, there's never a dull moment here at Paul's logging camp. Thank you and have fun in our park. And do come back often.
2: We gotta see the animated lumber camp. I'm making Bjorn Fork over a uh, dollar's worth of quarters <laughs> to see these. You know. a, dollar's a dollar well spent.
1: All right, here we go.
2: Timber, timber, timber. This familiar sound is so typical of the old-time lumber camp. You're looking at a replica of Paul's operation on the Big Onion. This model was originated in our neighboring state of Wisconsin and came from Warsaw. Mr. Hendricks, who made it, spent a whole year perfecting its operation.
1: You know, it really spoke to me as a guy guy who spent a lot of years as a a very small kid trying to build train sets and 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 small worlds, you know. Right. I made this. Look, it's got a train station and there's a gas station and all this kind of stuff. Well, that was nothing compared to the logging (laughs) (laughs) camp. It was just a lot of fun to watch all these... You know, humans in miniature going about their, their daily life around the logging camp on the the Big Onion River, I
2: believe, correct? Oh yes. You'll notice Brimstone Bill, the head teamster, hauling a big load of logs to the mill pond for sawing. You'll see sourdough Sam's cook with a little chore boy carrying in wood for the cook And my favorite was the uh, I can't remember his name, but he's out in front of the employment office. And he's, uh, you know, he's talking with a couple of interested lumberjacks. prospective lumberjacks or something. And he's just he's just got a little wisp of a beard there that just kind of <laughs> opens and closes. And that's his animation. He's talking to... Talking to
1: prospective loggers.
2: But we've got uh, guys on the roof building a, well, a, a roof. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And uh, all kinds of fun stuff. And that has, like, virtually unchanged... We hope you've enjoyed seeing Paul helpers work. Come see us again soon. Thank you. Very cool, yeah. And uh, the player piano is actually one of those new touches I was talking about, and that's only arrived a couple of years ago. And so I happily put in my dollars' worth of quarters for that to get a a sampling of the music. Piano roll. Very cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like Lois had said, the makers purchasing the whole amusement park became a no-brainer. I mean, it just fits so well into everything else that right. Dick and family has collected over the years. So so after going through that, we just kind of strolled through, and we you know, didn't partake of any of the rides, you know, like the little mini roller coaster or the...
1: Know, that. Let, let the kids have their fun, yeah. and we'll, we'll, we'll film them.
2: I think I did get a shot of you, though, Bjorn, uh, sitting next to the old... Uh, Cowboy, the cowpoke oh, sitting I had on to. the bench. I yeah. had
1: to. There's a there's a family photo from me at probably 1976 sitting next to that same cowboy. And I thought, let's let's reenact.
2: Yes, indeed. Tradition. Yep. Yeah, and a um, big Ferris wheel. As I mentioned, that uh, Lois said that that's I think that's one of the fastest Ferris wheels around. And uh, probably another reason that I don't climb on that with with molly and the two girls the, the three of them go and i stay on the ground and take pictures appreciate the heights from the ground yes, it's like wow that must be a great view up there and they can tell me all about it when they get back so <laughs> there's also that uh that mine shack you know that magnetic mine shack right uh, everything's just
1: a little different that's right gravity acts pulp. strange yes. yes
2: ever been here in the like original like magnetic oh mind? yeah oh yeah This mining shack was built during the early days of the Cuyuna Range. But due to the magnetic power of the ore, it was abandoned. A trip in will show you why, yes.
0: You will find a well deep, deep in the center of this mining shack with a stream of water running uphill, not down. By the way, we defy you to drop a coin in the well without hitting the walls. This strange force will even pull a coin... And we all know that coins are not affected by regular magnetism. Yes, you will see these and many more strange phenomena that occur in the magnetic mind shack.
2: It is kind of cool. You walk in and you're feeling like all out of balance. Interestingly constructed.
0: So pull the rope, ring the bell, and witness for yourself the strange phenomena of the magnetic mind shack. We
2: walked by that and waved to Pyrite Pete. There was Pyrite.
0: Howdy, partners! I am up here in the window of my mine shack.
2: Up in his window, inviting us in down to the the old mine shaft. We didn't go in, but I do have memories of that, of course, when I was 10. For some reason, that alone inspired me to go back home after the end of the summer and plan my own sort of haunted house tour thing here, in my parents' garage.
0: Down there in the old mine. So long for
2: now! And then it was time to pass through into the Pioneer Village. Pioneer what, Village. What did Lois say? They've got like 30-something right. buildings. All that,
1: kinds of buildings that contain... That contain kind of each with its own theme. Yeah. Full of collectibles that Dick Rademacher has pulled together over the years of just collecting things. He's amassed quite a,
2: a body of work there. It's impressive, to say the very least. Did, just out of curiosity, do you have a prize like the first thing you collected that was really
0: probably Model T's. Model T's. I got 24 Model T coupe. Okay. It was kind of the start of the whole thing. Of course, oh. I find another one or another one. So, <laughs> how many Model T's have you got? I got about three or four, but. Okay.
1: And I see you've got Muriel Humphrey's golf cart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did, it really
0: is. Too. Wow.
1: Go golfing with the former
0: Minnesota's first lady. Wow. I mean, this is how stuff happened. You just run across it, you know. And yeah. It, and it, it's a history thing. And The combination
2: of uh, Pioneer Village and Paul Bunyan is perfect. Yeah, so. yeah, I had
0: this all going, and then Paul Bunyan come up for sale. Right. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> I went in, actually, to look at that big log building right there, yes. the big super log building. Oh. I, thought, I need that for my farm deal yeah. out here with a sawmill and all that stuff inside yeah. for thing so we went in and checked on it and i don't know what the hell happened but we bought the whole freaking park
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what lois was saying all of a sudden we owned the whole thing oh my gosh <laughs> that's excellent there's a kid who grew up going to two different farms yeah and seeing old you know john deere and and uh massey ferguson tractors sitting out and Right. Slowly rusting away. I mean it used to just sadden my dad. Oh man, I wish wish Grandpa'd put this back in the shed. I know he doesn't use it anymore, but and then he'd have to start the thing and there'd mm-hmm. always be that coffee can over the over the exhaust pipe just so rain didn't get into the engine block and You ready for this? And he'd start the tractor. Boom fire that coffee can twenty feet in the air. Wow. And there they were. I mean he had funny thing being he has or had them all in a huge kind of pole barn mm-hmm. with really powerful i-beams kind of supporting the roof yes and as we all know from this past winter it was uh, a lot of snow it was not to be believed this was a crazy was one for the books <laughs> this was one for the books and uh dick told us that he had all the tractors lined up out on kind of the main road mm-hmm. of uh, pioneer village mm-hmm. probably, because the snow had actually bent these big eight—I I want to say—he said eight-inch I beams. Yeah, yeah. You know, steel I beams, and they had just collapsed under the weight of wow. all that snow. Yeah. And I thought, well, yeah, Dick, man, you might mar- have like seven or eight tractors out here, and we turned that corner. <laughs> 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 it's like I've never seen so many antique tractors, yeah, I- and vintages going way back. You know, yes. steam-powered m- machines, and then the ones I remember with the steel seats and the big metal you know, gear shifters and everything and mm-hmm. requisite amounts of rust and all that, but he's, he's done a great job of keeping them up. I mean, how many tractors were lined oh, up there? Like, it was 30? At least. 35, it like 40? It. it was crazy. And then he had a like number that just kind of yeah. sat out in a field with, with some older cars yeah. and you know, riding lawnmowers and things like that. When Dick said, well, I collect pretty much everything, he wasn't lying. Right. I mean, that was impressive. He even had, uh, there was a Ford Model T, I believe, or was it a Model, Model A? Model A. Model A. That
2: had been used Disney. Well, the Model T is what was used in Disney's Iron Will. The movie Iron Will by Disney.
0: Then Disney got a hold of me. Oh, really? Uh, Iron yeah. Will, right? Iron Will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I had uh, actually four vehicles in the movie. Oh. That Model T Coupe is one. Then I had a big four-wheel farm wagon that they needed for their horses and so they used that. And uh, I had a Model T truck with a oh. grain box on it. Okay. And they used that. So they used four of my vehicles up there. And I thought to work with Disney's you know, always once in a lifetime. Sure. Yeah. You know, so I bent over backwards as I help them as much as I could and and I we had to take them up to Duluth. And then he explained how they
2: built a a train depot. A train depot for, for that particular and town. explained how
0: he asked them if you could have it. The depot on the far end was built by Disney. Oh, they built and, it. Yeah, okay. they built it up in Morgan Park in Duluth. And I said, for the use of my vehicles, I'll just take the depot. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, they didn't really want to do that. They just soon get rid of it and then it's gone. But Oh, really? They yeah. finally called me up one day and said if I wanted to come and get it. So I went up and four trucks and seven guys and we tore it all down and put it all on a trailer and hauled it down here and rebuilt it rebuilt the thing
2: that is a man determined i mean four trucks to go and pick up this i mean it's a sizable like depot building structure it's just it's pretty cool boy the old cars just blew my mind
1: but especially those gravity pump gas pumps he had the old right service station kind of stuff he had DX signs and the Skelly signs and the, all these different things and, and uh, oil cans, you know, all these kinds of things from a, from a gas station around about the thirties, forties, fifties. Right. Um, I, I don't know that in my lifetime we ever pulled into a gas station where there was still a, a, a gravity pump in use, but there they were, you know, I'm a history guy. So just to mm-hmm. see those and then. And then the old school ones as well. And even in that shed where he had that pristine Model A, he had some of the old lights from the tops of oh, the yeah. old the old gas pumps that they would... I don't know why that stuff just really, really catches my imagination, but to see those things was was very cool. And, of course, the tractors were yeah. amazing, you know, um, all those tractors. But, too, there were two places we walked into, FUD, where I was just like, wow, this is... This is cool. One was the old sort of dentist's office. Yes, with the old chair and the old wheelchairs. But they had the dental tool. Yeah, I know you know powered like toothbrush, but on. all I can picture is a drill. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. and lots and lots of cables. <laughs> yeah, and my sisters talked about going to a dentist's office back in Annandale in, in like the '50s, '60s, and how they were still using one of those. And Wow. They really get going on one of your teeth, and you see the smoke coming off those cables, and <laughs> the, the whistling and the whining, and like strap yourselves in and grab the arms of that chair because, oh my, <laughs> it's like straight out of a horror film, you know. And then um, the other one that really, really worked for me was the soda fountain. Oh. Going yes. into that place and kind of a soda fountain meets bar room, you know. He had yeah. He had uh, old keg lines all hooked up or, or taps. Yeah. But then all these different sodas and soda ads from back in the day and things about the food. There right. was even a sign, something like, we serve cold food and warm drinks. <laughs> Come on in. And, you know.
2: Well, and even the, the, he had beer bottles on a shelf. And right. then later, uh, Dick told us that there's actually beer in those. Right. Like, right. they've never been open. Right. Wow. I mean, he is like the collector's collector. I mean, man. All I could think was just walking through there was like, if, you, if you've got a, a love
1: for things from the past, or you're an antique aficionado, you know, you owe it to yourself to get there and just, you could spend hours yeah, and uh, hours just you know, walking around. It
2: just occurs to me that, um, you know, my family and I will go, in fact, even my younger daughter, for some reason, likes antique shops. And uh, she at least used to, in the last couple of years, like to just buy little things, just little trinkety things. Piece of the past. But I find myself, I, I love walking into antique stores, but after about 20 minutes, half an hour, it's like, all right, this I'm right, I'm done. I'm, I'm ready But to it's go. a whole different experience in Pioneer Village. You're, right. You're there, and they really like sort of bring it back to life somehow. I mean, they've got dozens of these... Cabin structures, and each one has sort of a set. The dentist office, and there's even one we stopped in one that was like an old-time Christmas tree room, like old toys and, right, and old games. Laurel and Hardy checker game or something in right, the corner, right. and an standing
1: old, standing Christmas tree with I mean, ornaments on it. It
2: looked, you know, like 1930s era. Yep, and uh, there was a little section where all these wooden toys with a little sign saying, you know, made by by Dick Rodemacher and the kind of toys that you look at and you, and you think, "Oh, this is what our grandparents told us when." Well, when I was your age, I made my own toys with wood <laughs> and string and things like that. So, yeah, this uh, this was it. But like I said, you don't I, you don't get tired of it really. You no. it's, maybe it's out in a nice summer day and you're you're traveling from one place to the next, and you're, you're not in a hurry. There's no place to get to. Yeah, and it, everything is just fascinating and. uh no, for me personally, it doesn't make me want to collect anything. <laughs> but Because uh, you're, you're there knowing that this stuff isn't for sale and do I want it or not. You're just like, holy cow, look at Enjoy this. Enjoy it. And Let's all those uh, coffee cans he had. He had like three dozen different coffee cans. From of back in the day. Stuff you won't see on the shelves at uh, Cub <laughs> or hy or any place like that. Right, right. And and your, your mention of the, the old gas pumps kind of reminds me of such a refreshing change to, well... Pumping gas these days, listening to perhaps the Gas Station Podcast Network, Absolutely. And getting updated on the latest this and that, and oh, whatever, but not to sound like a couple of aging farts here. <laughs> oh, geez, now they got the video going,
1: and coming on. I just the want to pump hit from the gas. Oliver Spalt, and his over under
2: construction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was a lot of fun, and uh, I, yeah, I. I didn't have any doubts that you'd enjoy that part, perhaps no, a little was, bit more than the, the old, uh, it was Paul
1: great. Area. It was great. And I, I, I kind of mentioned to Lois too, what I like about Paul Bunyan land, um, is that it is a place aimed at maybe, you know, the younger kids that don't need to be on a 15 story, you know, roller coaster. That's going right. to go in reverse at 80 miles an hour yeah. and spin you upside down. You know, if you got younger kids, it's perfect. Absolutely yeah. perfect. And, uh, I, I don't know. I, it was just impressive. It was good to see all the, the state of modern affairs with, with Paul Bunyan
2: Land. Keeping it going, and it's you can create new memories with your younger kids, and, of course, enjoying the old ones yourself. And Especially if you're a younger family. And yeah, what I
1: liked is we got there kind of early, so we weren't you know, yeah. bothering them, taking up their time as mm-hmm. things really got hopping. And then as we were, you know, sadly, we had to kind of, they had a lot of work to do, we sort of slid out under cover of Right, I would say darkness. It was about one in the afternoon. Right. And the sun <laughs> was shining, you know. Right. But uh, they were great hosts, and it was a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to ask questions about the history and see the modern state of affairs and how well they've kept it up and improved it, and then to walk back out to the car, and the lot was full. Yeah. it was like, good. It's excellent to see that people yeah, know, and they, they come to
2: see it, and they come to enjoy it, and, and make a day of it. So well, good, yeah, it's, it's good time for all, and it's it's good to be at a place where you know that the people running it really are enjoying themselves and continuing to be creative right. about how to keep it going and, and be fun for people. Well, Fudd, this seems like a pretty good time to take a short
1: break and uh, hear a word from one of our sponsors, and then we will come back and look at some of the could-be, would-be, future episodes of Cabin Country, what might be awaiting you in the very near future. So we'll be right back after this word. The late summer sun starts going gold earlier as the early autumn begins to appear, but why not hang on to summer just one more day with a visit from
2: good old Lloyd. So good to be back with you all. I'm Lloyd. It's that time of year where the heat index rises for late summer afternoons and then begins to cool in the evenings with fall looking in from the edges of the woods. Thoughts of buffalo plaid and duck blinds begin to creep back into my thoughts. Thermos of hot coffee and early morning bass fishing while the sunrise burns the mist off the Gull River. But my friends with school kids remind me that talk of the end of the summer brings a gnashing of teeth and open revolt in many households. So, some of my city friends and I set up a last lazy paddle down the waters of Minnehaha Creek. Now, I didn't realize that the Minnehaha will provide a full day's kayak ride from the far western suburbs through to the roaring white water of Minnehaha Falls on the fringes of Minneapolis. Well, I loved the idea and immediately gave it the Lloyd Seal of Approval. <laughs> but wondered aloud with my friends about the access to hydration on a long sunny day's paddle. There's six to seven hours of time on the water, I understand, and I'm not that familiar with the creek's run. Well, rest assured, they told me, there are plenty of places to pull ashore. But better yet, they'd have some friends at various footbridges along the creek dropping down bottles of water or any of our favorite libations. This sounded too good to be true. I was even promised a wonderful evening at one of Minneapolis's most acclaimed dining spots after completing our kayak run. Let's hear how it went. We're
1: coming up on a footbridge, Lloyd, where our first drink drop will take place. The creek's a little higher this year, Lloyd, so watch your head.
2: Thanks, Pat. Your choice, Lloyd. Bottle of cold water or maybe a sparkling cider. Wow, concierge service. Well, this is my kind of paddling.
1: Another drink drop coming up, Lloyd. Look alive. Get ready to catch what they're dropping.
2: All right. Oh, well, got it. <laughs> a little more than I bargained for here, Joe. I got some water, and they dropped a wrapped sub sandwich, too. I wasn't ready for that.
1: Six inch or a whole foot long, Lloyd? The whole thing, Joe. Sorry about that, Lloyd. Stay sharp. That
2: shouldn't happen again. I've seen movement on that footbridge, Joe. A heads up, kids. The the creek is running high here. Is that our next water drop? You got it, Lloyd. Good eye. We're over halfway through our paddle. This should be our last drink drop. Okay, I... uh, Good Lord! It's a picnic ham! Oh! Well, what the... Don't forget the side dishes, Lloyd. Can goods? My word! Oh! Those are number ten cans, Joe. Is this... Oh! Is this some kind of a joke? That's a case of soda. Joe, I'm, uh, I'm taking on water. Mayday! Mayday! Hey, that's an entire watermelon. It's coming in hot. Turns out they were shooting some new type of outdoors candid camera type YouTube show. Guess I kind of got messed with, as the kids would say. Anyway, good days paddle until the bulk of foodstuffs started raining down. <laughs> well... Well, be sure to join us on Good Old Lloyd next time. And who knows, maybe I'll be a YouTube star by then. Hey, Joe? You bet, Lloyd. <laughs> That's Lloyd. Good old Lloyd. Now back to Bjorn Lloydstedt and Fudd Klugman on Cabin Country.
1: So it's just kind of a recap, but hours of entertainment, courtesy Lois and Dick there at in you know, the new location, not so new anymore, I guess, of Paul Bunyan Land and, and Pioneer Village and uh, all the events they have there and host there and the beautiful condition of the place and, and just getting better all the time. And it was we thank them again for the opportunity to see it. Yes. Walk those grounds and get the insider's view. That was that was that was very special to say the least. Um, upcoming podcast episodes might include and are not limited to <laughs> uh, i was uh given the opportunity to join captain dave stricker of uh many a uh, apostle islands sailing crews uh, he is now part of uh the board i guess you could say of of tofty minnesota's minnesota commercial fishing museum very cool and uh talk, you know, you might say to yourself, well now what's that all about? And, and honestly it's a great sort of slice of history of a way of life that, that is kind of hard to explain, you know uh, guys came over from from Scandinavia basically and relocated up near the Tofty area and practiced their traditional fishing techniques on, on Lake Superior, you know going out on Lake Superior in an 18 foot boat and setting... Gill nets and, and fishing for Lake Superior herring, whitefish, uh, trout when they could be had, um, and some of the some of the kind of unpredictable aspects of Lake Superior makes for some really interesting stories coming mm-hmm. out of the Minnesota Commercial Fishing Museum, and what a beautiful location, uh, you know, Tofty, very close to the shore of Lake Superior. Uh, north of the whole Duluth area It was very, very beautiful and a lot of fun, and we've got some some great information there to share with you from the Minnesota Fishing Museum. And Excellent. also, I think uh, Fud, there's there's a, a field report from from the Baxter Pillager. Your family made another trip up to the Gull River area, and yeah, it was the l-
2: more shenanigans with the tracker. The indeed ongoing. I've 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 come up with this notion or this idea that uh, year one of owning a new big boat, I feel like for the first year, you don't own this boat. It owns you. <laughs> it's just, it's amazing how, you know, even though I was all ready for it, you know. and going to go uh, flawlessly. And, and of course, it it hasn't. And my, <laughs> my poor van, in fact, the other day, uh, my wife Molly was pointing to yet another dent I haven't even... In the car that I hadn't seen before, it's like right on the passenger side. Everything's on the passenger side, of course, of course. So obviously, my skills of maneuvering a big boat on a trailer with, with this minivan on my dad's lot through the backwoods of all the cabin, extra pillager yeah. area. It was we- tough
1: weaving through the trees.
2: Uh, the, there uh, was plenty entertaining, uh, uh, events of entertaining events of that trip involving the boat, so I'll save that for the next episode here.
1: Possible adventures with a chainsaw and your dad. <laughs>
2: oh, yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be a tree, just thick brush. If, right. I, if I back into it, it'll just scrape off part of the fender or something. Sure. Only when I was relaxing after the, uh, towards the end of the trip, and I, I took a picture from that favorite spot or looking up, uh, up river um, that beautiful view that I think we have and there's the tracker at the dock and I think yeah all right it it is good I, <laughs> I, I love having it and the family loves it and it's fun to be able to zip up and down the river go down to the crow wing river in a matter of 10-15 minutes and things I have never been able to do before and as my cousin Mike says it changes your whole perspective on being on the river and indeed it does so, we'll uh, we'll fill you in with... It's all the learning. learning process. Yes.
1: All the yeah. learning process. Yes, and then indeed. something new and exciting for our loyal podcast listeners. Oh, yes. Something new headed your way, should you be interested. Lord knows we put the hurtin' on many a pot of coffee here on the podcast. Yes. And uh, it wouldn't be cabin country without a full mug of hot coffee from our good friends at MITS. Well, that opportunity could be yours... As the That's new rage. Cabin Country Podcast coffee mugs are now on the Cabin Country Podcast website. Yay! For sale. Fabulous. You can fill your own Cabin Country mug with your favorite blend, ideally a Mits offering, <laughs> but whatever you decide to make a pot of and, and start your day with or end your day with or just continue your day with like Fudd and I, Oh yes. um, fill that beautiful mug. There's the the gorgeous Cabin Country logo and fud and bjorn working real hard with uh, fishing rods and the beautiful sea made and pulling up a cooler full of something good lord and that could Radio. be something you look at as you're sitting at work or sitting at home and thinking boy i like coffee <laughs> and i can almost pretend i'm on the shore or on the dock as i look at this mug and enjoy a steaming cup Every morning, every afternoon, every evening, whenever you like to drink your coffee, it's there for you. So those are available now.
2: That's right. Yes, you can uh, find them on... We do have a website. I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but we we do have a website. CabinCountryPodcast.com And uh, yes, most... uh,
1: All those great episodes you want to hear are there, as well as the opportunity to invest in a Cabin Country mug. That's
2: right. Your coffee might taste a little bit better. In a Cabin Country podcast coffee mug Might, no question of it <laughs> Everything <laughs> tastes better from a Cabin Country mug That's right Without a doubt So,
1: Well, excellent Well, Things to look forward to for Cabin Country podcasts upcoming mm-hmm. Fishing museum Ongoing legacy of FUD and, and how to get a boat out of the water properly Without <laughs> damaging the van and, uh, Oh, yes All those fun things could be yours in the next few weeks On Cabin Country, but until that time my name is Bud. Bud Grant. I used to coach the Minnesota Vikings and uh, currently host an annual garage sale. My name is Bjorn. K- K- Good
2: <laughs> Who are you? I don't even know. Who is that fellow? Well, over that's there. Bud
1: Klugman over there.
2: <laughs> and you're and you're Bjorn. Bjorn Lloydstedt. I
1: sure am, Bjorn Lloydstedt, and will continue to be until who knows when. And we'd love to hear you join us again through the cabin door on the next episode of The Cabin Country. And until that time, we'll keep the coffee pot going and hope you'll keep listening. See you next time.